and welcome to another Emlex podcast. My name's James Paniki. I'm Emlex's Australasian Managing Editor, coming to you from our offices in sunny Melbourne in Australia. Thank you very much for your company. Today we're talking about greasing the wheels, the cash that's required to get business done in developing countries. We're not talking about bribes here, although for many that distinction is indeed academic. This is a story about facilitation payments, those small amounts of money that companies spend to get officials to hack through red tape on their behalf. Under US and Australian foreign bribery laws, these payments are 100% legit. In some cases, they're even tax deductible. But around the world, there's a growing regulatory push to ban them outright. MLEX has just published an article on this global trend, and we've availed ourselves of our team of bribery and corruption reporters from around the world, including Mark Bacchetti in Washington and Ben Lucas and Martin Coyle in London. Chairman of this reporting board, however, was Phoebe Sears, our regional correspondent. The region in question is the Asia-Pacific, and Phoebe joins me now from our offices in Hong Kong. Hello, Phoebe. Hi, James. Phoebe, firstly, let's clarify what is indeed meant by facilitation payments. Right, yeah. So when we're talking about facilitation payments, what we're actually talking about is a defence to the law against foreign bribery. So as you said, in the US and in Australia, where these payments are allowed, what we're actually saying is that it's a full defence to the foreign bribery offence if you can show that your benefit or your payment was indeed a facilitation payment. Now, for that defence to apply, the payment has to be typically minor in value and made to expedite a routine government service. It can't be to influence an official to make a decision in your favour. But importantly, the payment has to be recorded as a facilitation payment. And so the, the, the documentation is obviously an important part of this process, at least in the eyes of uh, foreign bribery uh, laws. But those who argue that these, are, uh, these payments are an important tool in getting things done in developing countries, they argue clearly that they are not a bribe and that they're quite a different thing. Not everyone agrees with that assessment, though. Exactly. So there's one school of thought that will argue that a facilitation payment is essentially a small bribe. Now, they will say that once you're making these types of small facilitation payments, initially, it's much harder down the line to resist demands for a larger bribe. And you're essentially navigating a slippery slope to a very corrupt working environment. Another serious issue is that they're rarely, if ever, legal in the country that they're made. So there could be serious repercussions for the official involved. And I, and I think we've got to ask ourselves the question, you know, are foreign companies just perpetuating corruption when they continue to make these types of payments? Now, these concerns have led regulators around the world to take notice, and there's now a global push to have these facilitation payments banned, although there are some exceptions to that, aren't there? Exactly. So in, in the UK, companies have never been allowed to make facilitation payments, but the UK's Bribery Act, which came into force in 2011, specifically says that they can't make them. Canada has also had a, a similar law for a few years, but it actually only came into force towards the end of last year. So Canada's followed the UK lead and implemented a ban. But as we've said earlier, the US has maintained an exception that allows companies to make facilitation payments that's been in its laws since 1977, 
And there doesn't seem to be any political will at all to change that position. So what we're seeing now is that it may possibly be the time that Australia has to consider this. Yes, indeed. And this is, uh, I suppose, part of the story that I was able to report on from Australia. And the state of play here is that there is uh, currently a parliamentary inquiry investigating the country's overall framework on foreign bribery. It's a Senate Economics References Committee. That's the full title of this committee. Uh, And it will issue a report in coming months and there will uh, essentially be, at at the end of this process, a recommendation to the Australian government. So it's not a binding report, it's more of a recommendation uh, to the government. And it should be said that facilitation payments aren't Uh, dominating the efforts to revamp the relevant uh, law. So it's not the only thing that they're talking about. In fact, we're not actually 100% sure that they're talking about that at all. Although um, you'll remember that I interviewed the chairman of the committee some time ago for an unrelated story that we were working on. And at the time, Senator Chris Ketter uh, told me that he thought that facilitation payments were indeed the thin end of the wedge when it comes to foreign bribery. So clearly, there were some concerns there, although uh, it should also be said that Ketter is from the opposition Labour Party, so it's unclear whether or not those concerns of his will have uh, ultimately any impact on the legislation itself. Under Australian laws, uh, facilitation payments are indeed uh, legal at the moment, and there are many Australian companies, particularly mining companies, that are doing business in the developing world, and they're concerned Uh, that any move to ban these payments would suggest uh, a total lack of understanding of the way business is done in many countries. And one of the people that we spoke to for this article was uh, Bill Turner, who is the director of the Australia Africa Minerals and Energy Group, which is essentially a lobby group for companies doing business, uh, Australian companies doing business in Africa. And he told me that as far as he can see, there is no slippery slope. There's no uh, thin end of the wedge. He's saying that... um, Uh, facilitation payments are very clearly defined uh, and they're made or at least should be made in in a transparent way and they're never as you said at the beginning of our conversation they're never made to influence a public official to break the law those who are against facilitation payments uh, Turner told us were people who have never been involved in trying to operate in these environments where facilitation payments are indeed part of the a business environment. So uh, a clear voice there from some industry players in Australia asking that the laws on foreign bribery maintain these facilitation payments uh, exemptions. And we'll see how influential those voices have been in coming months. But Phoebe, back to you now. And to some extent, the lead of legislators and governments on facilitation payments may ultimately uh, be outpaced by companies themselves. There are strong indications that many boardrooms are in fact leading the way on this front. Well, that's certainly the case that we've seen with the big and multinational companies. Now, they seem to be following international best practice, and reports suggest around 71 of the biggest 100 companies in Australia have already introduced their own rules that forbid any of their employees making these kind of payments. And we reckon the situation in the US is probably very similar. And there is also the question of whether or not prosecutors and regulators have the time, the resources and the energy to chase down these uh, small payments, given that presumably they'd be saying, look, we've got bigger cases of of foreign corruption and foreign bribery to deal with. We're not going to chase after small payments. 
Exactly, James. You know, in the UK, they've had their bribery act now since 2011. And from what we've heard, that the regulators are sort of keen to go after the high profile, big value bribes. They're not going to be focusing now, at least for now, on uh, facilitation payments. And again, in the US, we think the situation is definitely similar as regards the Department of Justice. You know, they have a very different uh, system in the US. However, we have heard that maybe the Securities and Exchange Commission would be interested in going after facilitation payments, but because they would be a violation of the books and records provisions of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, and that comes back to this issue of these payments not being properly recorded. And so we're really talking about authorities um, going after companies for, for, for bookkeeping shortcomings rather than the act of bribery or alleged act of bribery itself. But look, this has been a fantastic conversation, Phoebe. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, James. Phoebe Sears is MLEX's Hong Kong-based regional correspondent. The article that we've been talking about should be visible at the link from which you may be streaming this podcast. The title is Ethics of Facilitation Payments, Pit Business Principles Against Practicalities in the Developing World. It's certainly worth a read and it's freely available at the MLEX website from where you can also listen to our range of podcasts recorded by our reporters across the globe. From Melbourne, Australia, I'm James Paniki. Thank you very much for your company. See you soon. Bye for now.